welcome to Seeing Beyond Risk, a podcast series from the Canadian Institute of Actuaries. I'm Chris Fiwoli, Staff Actuary Communications and Public Affairs at the CIA. Today we'll be continuing our look at the CIA publication entitled Enterprise Risk Management 2019, The New Wave of Risks, which is a collection of articles and essays related to ERM. Our featured essay today is entitled Building a Strong Risk Culture. Joining me is the author of this essay, CIA member Mike Stramalia. Thank you for taking the time to speak with us today. Thank you, Chris. I'm delighted to be here. So the title of your essay refers to a strong risk culture. Can you tell us exactly what does that mean? That's actually a great place to start. As I outlined in my article, I believe that achieving a strong risk culture requires that the organization consistently takes the right risks in the right way. Now, that sounds simple enough, but let me unpack that a little because there's three or four important elements of that definition that I think really need to be highlighted. First, it's important to recognize that organizations with strong risk cultures clearly acknowledge that they're in the business of taking risk, not avoiding them. Hence the idea of consistently taking the right risks in the right way. Every organization needs to actively take and manage risks in order to achieve its goals and objectives. And that's particularly true for the organizations that most actuaries operate in, such as pension plans, insurance companies, financial institutions, and other private and public sector entities, where the fundamental business model and target value proposition inherently involves the management of risk. Now, the reference to consistently needs to apply across multiple dimensions, including over time. So it's not just something that's observed periodically or during certain parts of the economic cycle. Also across the entire organization, so business units, divisions, the corporate office, et cetera, and up and down the whole management hierarchy from the front lines all the way up to the boardroom with risk management expectations that explicitly extend even to third-party suppliers and intermediaries. Then we have a couple of right references in the definition. The right risks means only taking those risks that are aligned with the organization's established risk appetite and risk-taking capacity and skill. And those risks are actually required to advance the organization's strategy, mission, and objectives, and risks for which the organization is getting paid for. And finally, the right way implies that risk-taking happens in the context of a strong culture that always follows a suitably robust and proportionate risk assessment and measurement process, is subject to ongoing risk oversight and control, and the manner of risk-taking itself is always appropriately aligned with organizational values. Now, as I said, while defining what constitutes a strong risk culture is pretty straightforward, actually achieving this status in practice is obviously much more difficult. Okay, let's build on that. So how can we achieve strong risk cultures within our organizations in practice? And maybe can you give us an example? Well, I think with this working definition in mind, we can start by identifying some critical management principles and then practices that need to be in place in order to achieve a strong risk culture. So I think that if we can identify those practices, it'll give us the basis for our initial sort of diagnostic assessment. That can then lead to a gap assessment and then ultimately a framework to prioritize management attention and resources to then begin closing those gaps over time. One example that immediately comes to mind is the organization's approach to learning from loss events. Organizations with weak risk cultures don't like talking about their past loss events. Better to just sweep it under the carpet and pretend it didn't happen. If they do talk about it, it becomes more of an exercise in blame allocation or justification as to why it couldn't possibly have been avoided. 
rather than a valuable shared learning experience. In contrast, organizations with strong risk cultures aren't just comfortable, they're actually very proactive in profiling their past losses, but not with a view to allocating blame. Instead, they objectively examine the root causes and try to answer the question of, what can we take away from that experience to improve our risk practice going forward? And the best organizations in this regard don't just do this with regard to their own loss events. They're constantly scanning the environment to identify and understand loss events at other organizations, both inside and even outside of their industry. And this process becomes an explicit ongoing part of their continuous improvement efforts. You don't hear them say, well, that could never happen here. Instead, it's more, could that happen here? Why or why not? Let's try and understand what happened and see how we can incorporate those insights into our ongoing management and risk practices. They recognize that risk management practices need to continuously mature in response to evolving experience, whether bad or good, and they make this a formal and explicit part of their risk and management practice development efforts. Are there other areas that we should be considering in addition to this continuous learning discipline in order to help establish strong risk cultures in our organizations? Absolutely. The article references a number of these, including the importance of establishing a well-articulated risk appetite and having that fully embedded in the organization. So it's actually driving risk-taking decisions and risk-taking behavior. Another one would be the ability to appropriately envision low incidence, high severity events. The reward and recognition systems feels well-recognized as an important determinant of behavior and risk management activity and risk taking. Leadership practices, or what sometimes gets referred to as a tone from the top. And I would also highlight the ability to foster constructive challenge across the organization, also extremely important discipline and practice area. And there's no doubt other areas as well. If we think of these areas as the core requisite principles for fostering a strong risk culture, we can then turn our attention to trying to understand what are the management practices that we need to put in place to embed these principles into how we actually conduct risk-taking within our organizations. My article provides some examples of what these practices might include for three of these core risk culture principles, being those relating to risk appetite, reward and recognition systems, and the assessment of low incidence, high severity risk events. Okay, and what role can actuaries play within their organizations in helping to build a strong risk culture? I'll try to answer that by offering up a complementary working definition for risk culture that also incorporates a few right references. And that is a strong risk culture is one that continually fosters the right discussion with the right people at the right time. Now, actuaries obviously have valuable technical insights and perspectives, and that clearly means that they need to be at the table as active participants and stakeholders in that dialogue. Importantly, our technical training and expertise allows us to also look across the organization and make important connections. For example, our ability to navigate both the right and the left side of the balance sheet is why we've traditionally played key roles in asset liability risk management. But I think that we're also uniquely positioned to not just provide technical content in that dialogue, but to actually play key leadership roles in actively brokering and facilitating this risk dialogue. But in order to take on that role, we need to move beyond the technical aspects of the business and our roles. You know, I spent a lot of my career thinking that if I just had enough data and computer capacity, I could solve any risk management problem. 
But as my risk practice and career has evolved, I know that's clearly not the case. Understanding and managing risk is more about understanding people and what ultimately drives their behavior around risk-taking than it is about understanding data. Building strong risk cultures requires that we can begin to understand what makes smart people sometimes do dumb things. I often find myself wishing that I'd taken more psychology and behavioral economics courses instead of math courses when I was at school. And as always, actuaries that can fully integrate their core professional training with these disciplines and the relationship management, communication, and integration skills required to foster this active dialogue are uniquely positioned to drive considerable value for their organizations and our profession. And the opportunity and need to do so has never been greater than it is in the area of fostering strong risk culture. Well, thanks once again for taking the time to speak with us today. Thank you, Chris. It's been a real pleasure. You can read this essay and all the other essays in our collection on the CIA website. I'm Chris Fiboli. Thank you for tuning in to Seeing Beyond Risk.